Hello and welcome to the Nevermind Polly podcast. My name is Matt, I'm your host and we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world. How are you all doing? How are you all living? I hope you're all doing well. Welcome to the 2000 Trees Festival review. Um, Before we go any further with this uh, podcast, with this review, with anything else, I would like to say a massive, massive thank you to 2000 Trees Festival for allowing us to come down to the festival to experience it, to watch the absolutely fantastic bands they booked, to chat to the fantastic bands they booked as well, and um, just have a wonderful time hanging out at 2000 Trees. It was an absolute blast. I want to do a massive shout-out and a massive thank you to everyone at Good As Gold, uh, Matt, Haley, and Holly for sorting us out and for just being really, really accommodating the entire weekend. I want to do a massive shout-out to James and Hannah at Hold Tight as well for looking after us this weekend. Uh, you guys are absolutely awesome as well. It, with, there's so many thank yous I want to do in this podcast. This whole podcast could be a podcast of me just saying thank you to people, but that is not what it's going to be. But basically, there's a lot of people uh, behind the scenes that made this festival as great as it was, but also made it like a seamless uh, like transition to like see bands, to interview bands, uh, and just stuff like that. That made it so fucking easy for me and made me feel so welcome at the the wonderful 2000 Trees Festival. So before we go any further, thank you for that. If you guys know who you are when, when I'm referring to you there. Um, so if, let's get on with it. Let's uh, turn the uh, turn the fader down and let's talk all about uh, 2000 Trees Festival. So 2000 Trees Festival, if you are completely unaware and you completely stumbled across this, across this podcast um, through sheer... I don't know, luck, misguide, misguidance. I don't know how you've managed to get here if you don't know what 2000 Trees Festival is or um, or this podcast, in fact. But 2000 Trees Festival is a completely independent festival uh, that hosts a wide range of acts across the alternative spectrum uh, and is held up, up Colt Farm near Cheltenham. Uh, I read online that the daily capacity is around 10,000. I don't know if that's 100% true, um, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me in any case. But, um, so my first question really, and I've kind of already answered it is was 2000 trees any good? Well, the answer to that is yes. It is one of the fucking best festival experiences I have ever had. Um, it was absolutely wonderful. And for reasons I've just mentioned at the very start of this podcast, um, the people who behind the scenes, uh, make the pod, make the, uh, the festival work, absolute heroes all of them absolute heroes and everyone i met in the uh, in the various um areas such as the press area and things were absolutely uh, amazing lovely human beings are uh, so accommodating but um yeah just the actual the the behind the scenes stuff was really really cool but the actual festival stuff so if i was going as a as a punter uh, and what i kind of experienced on the ground first and foremost I went to Arctangent last year and that was absolutely fantastic because uh, everything was so close and everything was so accessible. Like there was no, like with download, for example, like this isn't throwing shade at download, but download is, you know, if this is to be believed that it's, it's uh, 10,000, uh, 2,000 trees, download is like 10 times that, right? So the the difference in terms of walking to different stages is so much shorter than I've ever had at any festival uh, and things like that. So it's just a really, really nice vibe. And that's the kind of thing that I want to talk about as well when I talk about 2000 Trees, is the vibe of the festival. There is such a lovely atmosphere at 2000 Trees, and I, I cannot stress that to, to you guys uh, through this 
uh, podcast medium. Um, so I kind of done some notes while I was at the festival because I have a really terrible short-term memory. So basically what I did, I walked around with my phone in my pocket and, and then every time I had an idea about a band or about what I saw, I wrote it down on my phone and kind of in my notes app. I've then uh, basically put that together to make it a coherent podcast that you're now listening to. So basically it's done in the kind of like style of a journal almost. So just if it does sound a bit journaly, it's because it kind of is. So I arrived on site at around 12 p.m. and it was super fucking easy. I mean, I'd heard some horror stories from Download and Slam Dunk recently. So when I left my flat at 7 a.m., I thought I may have left this a little bit late. Um, thankfully that was not the case uh, I got parked up um, I had a small walk to the actual festival site um, got my press accreditation that was fucking super easy lovely job um, and then basically the the way they have like the artist and the press camping and things is if you've been to Thousand Trees you'll kind of know where this is um, so it's called backstage camping um, and it's basically behind the back of the forest stage uh, behind the uh, the Axiom stage, but kind of uh, in front of the main stage. Obviously, I can't see the main stage from where I'm at because there's like a massive hill and trees and stuff. But I'm kind of that logistically. I'm like behind. I, I can. I could if I wanted to. And I had the right pass. I could walk behind the back of the main stage, and that's where obviously the bands go to get to main stage. So that was really cool. Uh, on the Wednesday, there's two uh, stages open, which is the forest stage. And the word stage, uh, once I got myself uh, basically camped up and stuff, I went for a bit of an explore of the site. And, and as I say, it didn't take very long because the site is tiny in comparison to, you know, a, a download or even someone like Glastonbury is obviously like fucking even bigger than that, for example. So uh, exploring the site was a fairly quick and easy um, experience, which is lovely, like I said. And um, the thing about this festival I really love is the fact that it is kind of it's purely independent, right? So all the vendors and stuff they booked were kind of like, there wasn't like an easy cheesy in sight, for example. Do you know what I mean? Like these big fucking massive companies that come to these festivals and, and you know, like, don't get me wrong, I get it. Like festival um, food and stuff uh, is, is a pricey game to get involved with. But the majority of like the vendors were like kind of local independents and, and things like that. So that was really cool to see. And um, when you're paying like, um, you know, a reasonable amount of money for like food, generally speaking, at least with my experience, it was like really good, high quality. Like there wasn't like I didn't think I had a bad meal when I was there. So that was that was good. Uh, the first band I did go and see on the uh, forest stage was uh, a band called Snakes um, and they are spelt uh, S.N. S-N-A-Y-X. So for some reason, when I read that, even reading that confused me. Uh, I read it as, sna as snacks, but it's not. It's definitely called snakes. Um, they're a three-piece band. Uh, they hail from um, the southeast of England, and they kind of fit quite nicely onto the bill in, in my estimations because in a, in a similar way that uh, soft play does, they kind of have like a, a punkish kind of a yobbish kind of swagger, um, and they use quite a lot of uh, what I would call bass trickery. So in the same way that like Royal Blood use, uh, there's obviously a bass player and there's a drummer. Snakes have one singer, one bass player and a drummer. So the bass player has the entire like instrumentation of the band riding on him now i don't know if there's some track work going on underneath there and like hey um uh, we talk about this uh with an interview i do with um with steven patel of lost alone like we've got no beef with that like a lot of bands use tracks and stuff that's kind of cool but like 
Um, one thing I did think is I kind of wish there was a little bit more punch to their sound. Um, I think, like I said, they've got some really cool things going on. Um, like I say, I, I think that um, the drummer obviously is like talented, to say the least, um, and the bass player is talented, and, and Charlie, the vocalist, has uh, got a, a certain kind of swagger he has all over the songs and stuff. But I, I felt like it was decent, but I feel like it could, in, in my estimations, have a bit more of a punch if there was like a live guitar in there as well and things like that. But overall, I think they were pretty good, um, and it was a good opening start to the festival. Uh, the next band I went to go and see uh, was Prestamico, and again, they were on the forest stage, and, and this was actually uh, Prestamico's final ever show, or so it's to be believed. Um, and for some reason, I don't think they would lie about this kind of thing, but you know, like when Kiss do, the, this is the final, 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 final tour, like, do you know what I mean? Like, my, my scepticism when, when bands say we're over it's kind of uh, like an all-time low at this point, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, Prestamico, and I feel um, kind of a bit silly, to be honest, for sleeping on this band uh, until they, until their final ever show because they were great. They were really, really great. They, they're kind of mixed, like kind of um, Anglia, um, Anglia. I can't never say the word. Ang, Angular, Angular. There we go. I keep saying Anglian. That's not right. Angular. Um, guitars uh, with sort of hard uh, mix of uh, melody and melodic choruses and stuff and the crowd were really, really up front the crowd was really big for them as well so like you could tell the 2000 trees turned out for Prestamico's final show and that was really really cool I wandered back to the tent um, to get some stuff and things and um, I bumped into the lovely chaps of Chronicles of our podcast um, for a natter and they told me they were doing 25 interviews this weekend which in my opinion, lads, it's too many podcasts. I'm just going to say it, it's too much. Um, but uh, I did see them multiple times across the weekend, and um, they are, they've been nothing but sound. Um, you know, they were always up for a natter and stuff, so really, really cool. And I hope all the podcasts went absolutely swimming for you boys. And um, if you haven't already, go and check out the Chronicles of Podcasts. I was actually a guest on their podcast, so go and check that out. Um, but yeah, just really, really good, good fun that was. Um, I actually put in my notes, <laughs> I put a notes a note to myself in my notes. That's a lot of notes. Um, it just reads drunk and then uh, the rest of the notes. So I'm assuming what that means is I um, I may have got a may have got a little bit drunk um, when I do the next part of this review. So just bear with us, folks, uh, for the next part. Um, St. Agnes uh, were the next band I went to go and see. Uh, and I've written that they kind of had a spiteful, vengeful streak about them. Loads of heavy, heavy reverb in the guitar sound. Loads of fucking energy. Um, the front woman, whose name I haven't got written down, is an absolute fucking superstar. Uh, matched with the guitarist, kind of heavy riffing and stuff. Just so fucking punchy. I mean, like, not to make direct comparisons with the bands I've already seen on this day, but um, Snakes, um, you know, had that, were kind of lacking that little bit of pound, that little bit of punch, in my opinion. Um, St. Agnes uh, definitely had that punch. Uh, so, yeah, that was really, really good. Really, really enjoyed their set. It was uh, it was good fun. It was good fun. They actually done a slower song, um, which kind of brought the mood really down and, and, and made it like a bit more of a somber affair. But it really, really allowed um, for the front woman to really shine in her talent as a front as a front person. Like, was really, really good. They're actually playing. Um, they're obviously all the bands playing on the festival. Pretty much are doing tours and stuff. But those guys are doing a tour, and they're actually playing in Norwich, a tiny, tiny little room um, uh, in Norwich. So I'm hopefully going to go and catch them in November because I would really, really like to go and see them. 
Um, a band who were next on stage were Holding Absence, are a band who I absolutely fucking love. I love Holding Absence. They're absolute legends. They are obviously previous podcast guests as well. Um, and this really hurts me because they pull a massive crowd, but I personally, for my personal money, don't think that Lucas's vocals were uh, as good as I saw them uh, back on back in tour when they were on tour a, a few months ago. I, and that's not to take anything away from the band or from Lucas because I still think they are absolute superstars in their own right. I just don't. I don't know, man. It just, it, it kind of, um, there was just something about that set that, you know, I think the vocals were just a little bit off for me. I don't know whether that was, he was just having a, a kind of a bad set or if it was just my ears or whatever, but a lot of people were into it and uh, there was, they pulled a massive crowd. So fair fucking play. Um, I, I just don't think it was the strongest performance from them that I have seen them do. And I've seen them be absolutely wicked. So that kind of, that kind of was the first time in the festival where I was kind of like, I wish this was just a little bit better. But you know what? Fair play. They fucking played. They smashed it. And, you know, fair enough. Do you know what I mean? Uh, just not quite up to my uh, very high expectations of holding absence. Um, so then what happened was I went back to the tent. I went and had lied down uh, because I was pretty pissed, to be honest with you. Um, and then I woke up from possibly what was the worst night's sleep I've ever had at a festival. Um, and this is completely my fault because um i was i wasn't i was unprepared but i like i bought a tent i bought the stuff i needed but i didn't like take an airbed that was probably a f- uh, fact number one that was a problem not taking an airbed to a festival so i slept on the on the ground and stuff and again it was fine like i've done it before like that i've done download without an airbed it's not a problem but um where i'd camped there was like a, a main road because at the top of the field where we were so i was at the bottom of the, field, the top of the field is where basically the the uh vans are for the for the, and the tour buses for the for the bands so all fucking night long i was just there was cars and quad bikes and all kinds of things going on literally like about 30 30 to fucking 50 centimeters from my tent and it just kept me up all fucking night long um and again that's totally my fault that's not <laughs> that's not even shade on the on um on 2000 trees there it's just me being a fucking idiot but um it's fine it was it was fine i woke up uh, and i woke up and i went to, i dusted myself down and I, I went and got myself a cup of tea from the uh from the coffee stand and i went to the word stage to cut co- to catch some live podcasts now when the uh, the idea of a, of a live podcast at a festival like it kind of fills me with a little bit of anxiety and a little bit of dread because I can just picture, um, you know, uh, two people having a conversation on a podcast. And podcasts are meant to be, by their very nature, in my opinion at least, quite intimate. Because I, without to kind of freak anybody out, but like, I'm in your ear right now. I'm in your car. I'm, I'm, you know, whatever you're doing, you're listening to my voice. And if I've got a guest on, you're listening to our conversation. It's meant to be kind of this intimate thing, you know? Um, so to have a podcast at a festival, my kind of estimations of that would be like a man standing on stage just talking to a crowd of people in kind of, and it, I, I personally, I didn't think it would work. I was kind of very skeptical, but I am a big fan of uh, Three is the Magic Number, which is a podcast hosted by uh, Matt Hughes and Renfrey Debman. Um, and Matt Hughes obviously works for Good as Gold. He's part of that team, and I wanted to show my support, so I went down early. Uh, and it was a nine o'clock podcast, which is 
fucking early to be honest to do anything at a festival but um yeah mark was there uh, and he had um sorry matt was there and he had a stand-in host uh called mark because Renfrey couldn't make it i i arrived about five minutes after the podcast had started so i didn't actually understand the reason why Renfrey wasn't there but in any case they had a stand-in host called mark uh, who runs a podcast called mark and that man uh, and they were interviewing charlie of snack of snacks snacks of snakes there we go again um and you know what it was a pretty darn good podcast it was pretty like a good interview i enjoyed it there was around i'd say probably 20 to maybe 30 people in the tent um which for a 9 a.m start is fucking really good to be honest with you to get anybody to do anything at nine o'clock on a the first day of a festival fair play lads the next podcast that was up uh, was on Wednesdays, We Were Black, which is obviously Sophie Kay and Yasmin Siemens, um, absolutely award-winning megastar podcast, um, which is a podcast I listen, I used to listen to back in the day. I've kind of gone off it a little bit. Um, I, there isn't, I don't really have a reason for it. Like You go through phases in life of, of liking things and then falling out of love with things. It's not really I fell out of love with it. I just didn't really, like, there's just other things that I listen to now, and it kind of was a bit like, okay, cool. So like, I kind of drifted off it, but um, I understand how important it is as a podcast to kind of show representation to um, to people of color in the music industry, um, to non-binary and queer people in the music industry. Like, I understand it's a really important, safe uh, space and inclusive space for people um, when it comes to to a podcast, if that can be such a thing. So I understand why it was there, but what I will say is it was really good it was really really fun like it was a really good fun podcast um you know it was just it was like it was just cool to see uh you know people up there doing stuff and like the tent was genuinely rammed so you know it was good it was really really good so the next band i went to go and see on on the first proper official full day was cage fight they were on the cave stage um and uh, it really pains me to say it but the vocal mix was way off to begin with you could hardly hear rachel at all uh from her vocals which kind of really disappointed me because you know like this band are fucking great but like just not being able to hear the power that woman has got like kind of bummed me out a little bit but uh, i actually moved further because i was literally at the barrier at this point and i kind of moved further back towards the uh, towards more middle of the tent and then the sound got a little bit better so whether it was a case of the sound engineers uh, found the issue and then fixed it or whether it was just because i was too close to the front so i couldn't like get the full power i don't know i'm not a fucking audio technician obviously but like in any case the band the band sounded tight as fuck uh thrashy kind of crossover hardcore um and one thing i did notice as well even standing a little bit further back is the bass was so fucking prominent in the mix um which i don't know if that was a deliberate thing or whether that was just again a sound gremlin but I was here for it. It sounded like I was watching fucking Sepultura, but like done through a thrashy hardcore band. I'm all for it. Um, I also just put in my notes, uh, no bullshit, all the riffs. So I take it that means I thought it was good. <laughs> uh, I did think it was good. I thought it was really, really good. Uh, and obviously James, um, play, who's the guitarist of the band, plays uh, in Tesseract. And he's also uh, the uh, one of the head honchos at Hold Tight as well. So yeah, it was really, uh, really good to um, actually meet him. Uh, and I interviewed him and Rachel uh, for the podcast, which you'll be hearing very soon on the uh, podcast feed. So that was good. Uh, the next band I went to go and see were Ithaca on the main stage. And I love Ithaca. Ithaca uh, on a main stage at a festival is just meant to be. Um, songs off They Fear Us sounded fucking massive. 
Um, the the band look tight as fuck. They look sexy as fuck, if I should say so myself. You know, they came out all wearing uh, white shirts and black trousers. And the front woman, Jamila, had some seriously impressive eye makeup going on. Like, the one thing I will say is the wind probably didn't help Ithaca's case because in some instances of their songs, the intricacies of their music kind of got swept away. But overall, they put in like 110% energy into their set didn't let up for a minute and they, they didn't put a massive crowd but again i think that 1 p.m slot probably didn't help uh with it being fucking stupid hot um and ithaca being uh you know a really great but really somewhat uh, musically difficult band to listen to for maybe a 2003's audience maybe i'm dumbing down the 2003's audience but you know I, I still think they were really really good so yeah big up ithaca and uh what a lovely bunch of humans as well uh, the next band I went to go and see is um, Rebecca's favourite band, probably of all time, minus Lorna Shaw, and that was Graphic Nature on the cave stage. And uh, Graphic Nature, I, I had them on the podcast uh, a while back. Uh, Pete, the lovely guitarist of Graphic Nature, came on. And although one thing I will say about Graphic Nature that really um, makes me happy with them and what really, what really stood out for me with their live performance is they are confrontational as fuck there is only one other band that i'm going to talk about later that was more confrontational than graphic nature and you know like sometimes the the kind of hardcore bravado that bands have of you know i'll go out there and fuck each other up and all this kind of malarkey right sometimes it looks a bit lame for my personal taste and opinion but graphic nature genuinely intimidated me like they 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 came on and even during the sound check uh the guy was like uh mate can i get a bit of your vocal and he was just like fuck you fuck you fuck you cunt fuck you and he made him do it like three times and every time he asked him sorry mate could you just do that one again he just got more like angry and fucked off and like it was i think it might have been like them psyching themselves up for the show but in any case it definitely kind of it put the cat amongst the pigeons shall we say um the crowd was fucking massive um for them as well they they kind of bring their heavy as fuck like a uh, modern take on uh new metal uh loads of fucking brutality they kind of get you in this chokehold uh throughout their set and just don't really let go at any point uh bodies were flying everywhere uh the sound in the tent actually was really good uh, i could hear everything really clearly in the mix which was good uh the energy was really high um just really really good fucking fun to be honest uh good kind of mid-afternoon um festival uh slot i would have i was about to say i would have preferred them maybe on an outdoor stage but i don't think i would have done because i think the intensity would have been lost a little bit like they were perfect in that tent and yeah fair play i'm glad i actually got to see them because i didn't get to see them at download because i went towards the fourth stage of download and couldn't get anywhere fucking near it so fair play fair play to graphic nature for just being well fucking heavy and uh bringing that shit um the next band uh well actually i've right here that i went i then spent ugh, i then spent the next two hours or so milling about in the press area interviewing bands and stuff i walked back to the tent uh to get some drinks and headed down to the main arena for wonder years so that brings me nicely onto the wonder years who pulled uh, a pretty decent crowd um which kind of gets better it gets bigger as the set goes on um i i really like the wonder years um but i felt like their set was a little bit flat uh there was a lot of people who were like into it but like i, I don't know man maybe i just like them on record they didn't they didn't have the 
the kind of the gusto that they have on record live in at least my opinion um they didn't set my world on fire so kind of a, that's not my first like real disappointment of the of the of the afternoon of the first day um the one day is just not really doing it for me to be honest uh sorry about that but um i did manage to catch up with tpd uh, I, i'm out with um with rob and, and jake and uh raz of um tpd super lovely as always got to got to thank them personally for the shout they did on our the download video um which is fucking beyond lovely it's the, one of the nicest things someone can do for another creator when they've got such a massive audience is to say hey we really like this guy or this person like we should probably like you should probably go and show him some love or that person some love one of the nicest fucking things you can do for someone um so big up to tpd um and yeah that was really good fun the next band i went to go and see on the main stage was skin dread now i don't really need to talk about how skin dread do what skin dread do because skin dread do it well basically <laughs> Skindred are just so much fun. Um, they they turn up with massive sing-alongs, uh, bags and bags of charisma, um, and I actually met all of uh, Skindred this weekend, uh, and they couldn't have been nicer. Um, the new song "Love" sounds uh, really really good, really prosperous, really good vibes. Um, and I want to. I didn't think I was going to talk about this now, but I actually got to meet a few different um, artists and bands and stuff this weekend, and. I haven't really ever suffered from imposter syndrome as much as I did this weekend. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, meeting Raul Reynolds from Shikari in a little while because that is probably one of the best fucking things that's ever happened to me because of the stuff that I've done online with the exception of meeting my obviously beautiful, lovely wife-to-be, Rebecca. But um, yeah, so that was pretty crazy. Um, and then the uh, the next band was the headliner, which was Softplay. Um, and Softplay, obviously, aka formerly Slaves, um, Softplay are great. I fucking love, love, love uh, everything that Slaves slash uh, Softplay have done. Um, and yeah, just really, really good, really, really good fun. Uh, loads, like I say, loads of fucking energy, loads of swagger. Uh, they brought out Bob Villain as well, with, which I thought was super cool um all the songs sounded fucking absolutely monolithic and the crowd were leery as fuck for it so yeah that was really really good and then basically i went to bed the next the next uh, morning i went to go check out some more podcasts i went to go and check out a podcast called uh punk uh punk in pubs who had an artist called bex on uh, and a couple of other guests which was quite cool talking about kind of like what it's like to be in the music industry and like how uh, gatekeeping is kind of keeping certain um, uh, minorities out of the music industry and like what that's like for an alternative person like it was just a really kind of cool conversation kind of conversations that I kind of try to emulate on this podcast uh, with guests and things so that was kind of really cool and uh, again there wasn't a massive crowd but uh, I thought I thought it was um, I thought it was pretty good to be honest, I thought it was a good podcast, and I'll be checking out um, Punkin' Pubs uh, on, on you know, Spotify and wherever else, because I thought they were good. Uh, the next band, on, on the, or the first band, should I say, I went to go and see on the on the Friday, was the excellent Raptors. Um, and, uh, yeah, Raptors were fucking excellent. They pulled uh, a really decent crowd for 11.30 in the morning, and I was a little bit hungover, to be honest. I was a little bit kind of like, oh, God, I've got to drag my lifeless corpse up to go and uh, do another another day of music reviewing and, and watching and interviewing. 
But uh, yeah, they cleared the sinuses massively. Uh, loads of sing-alongs, loads of circle pits, loads of fun, anthemic songs um, by some wicked, wicked musicians and wicked human beings. Uh, we obviously recorded an interview uh, with Simon, and that was fantastic. And yeah, just really, really good, really, really good set. Uh, loads, of, like I say, loads of fun moments throughout their set. And um, the crowd was pretty decent for uh, a half 11 slot on the second day of Trees. Lovely, lovely stuff. I then went back to the press area just to uh, grab grab a drink and just chill out for a bit. Uh, and I actually recorded a podcast with Sean and Morgan of Saplin Podcast, which was completely off the cuff. Uh, and again, um, Saplin Podcast is a podcast I personally listen to all the fucking time. I think it's a wicked podcast. I think it's a wicked insight into... Um, the lives and kind of careers of various artists it's, it's similar in what I try and do here and I, I openly said to Sean and Morgan like you know I try and, I, I try and emulate what they do but only to a worse degree um, and on a personal note Sean uh, is obviously the front man of the blackout and I've been a blackout fan for many many years uh, it was one of my sister's like third gig she ever went to that I took her to and we actually spoke about the fact uh, really re- I actually went to go and see her earlier today and we were talking uh, about the fact that you know she used to have fucking uh, pictures of Sean Smith on our wall and our bedroom wall and stuff and now he's he does a podcast and I was in the same thing and I was actually interviewing him in a sense so that was kind of really cool um, and that podcast is already out. So if you haven't already listened to it, go and listen to it because it's very good. Um, the next band I went to go and see, or, the, or yeah, the next band I went to go and see was Harriet. Um, and I watched them basically from the back of the press area, uh, and sort of I went out into the into the main arena and watched them from the top of the hill. Um, and you know, Harriet are fucking wicked. Um, I don't really need I don't really need to say very much about Harriet if you've listened to the podcast before. You'll know that Harriet are one of the bands who I absolutely love. Um, I would consider them friends of the show. Uh, they've been on a couple of times, and um, we got to obviously hang out post uh, post show and and sort of hang out and stuff. So that was really fun, and um, just again a lovely bunch of human beings playing some really fucking heavy metal. And Jake actually made a point of saying that um, on stage he said we are probably the heaviest band you're going to see this weekend. So thanks for sticking out with us, you know, which is fucking wicked. I then made a beeline up to the cave stage to go and see Heart Attack Man. Um, Heart Attack Man bringing out the glorious soundtrack of positive punk rock songs. Uh, filmed, uh, which I put, it was dripping with metaphor. Um, because they are really massive anthemic punk rock songs. But also there's like a sarcasm to their, to their music, you know. And it's kind of like an underlying kind of tongue-in-cheek that I love about Heart Attack Man. Really, really good fun. Um, and the uh, the front man actually said that it was their first uh, festival in the UK, which uh, I'm pretty certain it won't be their last, given their performance, because, like I say, the crowd was well big and well up for it. Lovely stuff. Um, the next band I went to go and see on the main stage was Lost Alone. Um, I feel really, really bad for Lost Alone, because Lost Alone sounded great. They were really, really good, really on top form, but um, the crowd was thin, it was really quite thin, and again, I don't think it helped that it, they played at like two. I think it was like two thirty in the afternoon, like absolutely baking heat, baking fucking heat. Um, and it was just like it's hard. It's hard as a festival uh, goer sometimes when you want to go see a band, or maybe like you're kind of indifferent about a band, but you want to go see a band because you're at a festival, and the sun is just beating down on you middle of the afternoon. Like it's hard enough 
just dealing with that but being on stage and being the band and then looking out the crowd and the crowd are like you know the crowd were were there but they were kind of like uh steve was like steven was like oh like put your hands up and they were kind of like oh okay you know because i get it it's fucking hot but that aside uh lost alone put on a fantastic performance and um yeah big up lost alone uh great fucking band i then went back to the press tent to do some interviews with uh microwave lost alone as i said uh met up with the harriet guys uh, and it was just a lovely afternoon really to be honest with you uh, i then walked up to the cave stage again caught the last uh 10 minutes or so of zulu absolutely fucking rammed uh, they sounded bang on uh literally as the record sounds as if like they were just playing the record through the speakers because really really good um but uh, yeah, everything you wanted from a, a fucking really aggressive hardcore band, basically. Um, really, really good fun. And then we get to one of the sets of the weekend for me, and that was Brutus. Um, I really like Brutus on record. Um, but Brutus on the main stage of 2000 Trees uh, makes so much sense because they look so unassuming when they walked on stage. Um, but what they've got is a drummer and a vocalist who can go toe-to-toe with the best vocalists in the game. Uh, I really liked them, as I say, but fuck me. They were absolutely mesmerizing. They were so brilliant, so powerful. And you know what? If you take anything away from this podcast, do yourself a favor and go and see Brutus Life. Absolutely incredible. Fucking lovely stuff. I think, to be honest, just looking at my notes, I think that probably was the, uh, the, the set highlight of the weekend it was so fucking good um and then i went to go and see kubikan um i i this is this is literally word for word what i wrote in my notes i can't really review them as i don't think i remember much of it i threw down i regret nothing it was epic mad hard as nails hardcore lovely stuff (laughs) i meant to be a fucking professional fucking reviewer or some shit and that's literally my review of kubikan um yeah just stupid stupid aggressive hardcore um but again all the fucking fun like there was no yes there were people windmilling and fucking crowd killing and all that stuff but nobody was a fucking dick about it like no one was like deliberately out to hurt anybody which i think a lot of people think that that is what that is you know again i've spoken about this on on the outbreak uh thing it's not really for me it's not really what i'm about as in terms of a music goer as a fan but I understand it goes hand in hand these days with with hardcore shows, but uh, what it was was really fucking good. They were really fucking tight, really fucking loud, and just super, super aggy. And it's uh, probably not what I needed uh, on the second day of 2003s, but it's what I got, and I loved it. But uh, to bring it back to the complete opposite end of the spectrum was the Exerts. Now, the Exerts are a band who like everyone seems to love when they get spoken about but they don't seem to get spoken about nearly enough right um and 2000 trees uh knows what's up when it comes to the excerpts and that is so fucking heartwarming because even murray the guitarist and vocalist kind of was a bit like i'm surprised that there's so many of you in this tent because they've released a couple of singles which are coming off a new album and uh he he said and I'm pretty much quoting. He said um, that we people think that we've commit committed uh, career suicide by releasing these singles, and you know it's going to be the end of our career. So I'm glad that people have still showed up to see us. Um, 
like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of the new direction of this of the singles, but again, I will judge the whole album as a as a whole piece of work. Um, but the set was pretty fucking banging, to be honest with you. Um, loads of new stuff, loads of old stuff. Uh, they're just a really good polished rock band with loads of fantastic songs. Um, and yeah, it's uh, one thing I will say is they've definitely got a loyal fan base at Trees. So uh, yeah, they definitely got the love they deserved. Um, but so I'm going to talk about the fact that uh, I was at 2000 Trees as press um, and that is something that I don't think I'll ever get my head around that I w- I, I'm allowed to go to festivals and to go to gigs and to talk to artists and things like this and, and bands that I love and grow, grew up with and stuff. I don't think I ever will get my head around that, right? But I did meet some lovely, lovely people in the press area and people, uh, although didn't know who I was, but was very willing to check out my stuff and listen to my stories. And, you know, we, we kind of, we it was almost like, you know, breaking bread with, with people who I would consider like my peers, but like, sorry, who I wouldn't consider my peers because I don't think I'm in that club. But they were like, no, 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 you can sit at this table. Like you are part of this uh, you're part of this uh, this machine. You're part of this gang, whatever. So that was really fucking cool. Um, so, like I say, there was a lot of people just kind of milling about, um, obviously in bands and, and other things. So, like, they had um, Daniel P. Carter from Radio 1. They had uh, Alex Holcomb was hanging about. Uh, so, again, just seeing them two was like, fuck. You, like, you're on the fucking Radio 1. Like, you're fucking massive. What what the fuck? You know, that was kind of a, a bit of a head trip. Uh, when I was uh, interviewing Simon of Raptors, and again, Raptors are, you know, a fucking a big band in their own right, in in my estimations. And uh, Simon, we, we were doing the interview, and after the after we just literally like, stopped the interview, um, Dan from Skindred just walks over and starts chatting to Simon. And I was just like, fuck, 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 what, what the fuck, you know? And uh, he, he just introduces himself and he's like, oh, I'm, hi, I'm Dan. I, I play bass in Skindred. And I was like, I, I fucking know, mate. I like, I know who the fuck you are. Like, I've seen your band fucking loads, you know? And I, this is the first time the imposter syndrome hit me really hard. And I felt kind of a bit, not uncomfortable, but just kind of like, ah, oh, shit. Because a uh, quick peek behind the curtain, I've been in touch with uh, Skindred's PR people um, and I've been trying to line up uh, an interview with them and I'm still trying to line up an interview with them. And uh, As yet, it's not happened. Um, and again, it's fine. Skindred are a fucking massive band. Uh, I will hopefully get it sorted and get it across the line eventually. But uh, yeah, I had like two or three opportunities with both Benji, with Mikey, with Dan to go and with Ari as well, to be like, oh, hey, do you want to just, like, take, like, 15 minutes out of your day just to come and quickly do this podcast, and then, like, I won't ever hassle you ever again for anything, <laughs> but I didn't, because I was too nervous, too whatever, like, I was just kind of a little bit starstruck, I, I guess, and, um, again, when I was doing the interview with, uh, Simon from Raptors, I walked through to the, uh, the back of the press tent, which I don't think I was allowed to do, to be honest with you, but, you know, we, we've done, we've done these things, it's fine, and, um, yeah, there was just uh, Jesse from Eagles Death Metal just sat there just doing an interview with someone, and I was like, "Fuck, that's that's actually fucking bonkers." You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, I'm just chilling in the back. I'm chilling in the press area, uh, and I'm just like, you know, just like t- taking taking stock. You know, using the Wi-Fi, just kind of sending some emails, just doing some bits and bobs. And uh, Mike Venner, for who plays uh, guitar in Ocean State Bastard. Ocean State Bastard? Uh, Ocean um, 
as a cutter, there he plays in ocean scene as well. Ocean color scene is what I'm trying to say. No, he doesn't. Anyway, Empire State bastard. That's the fucking word I'm looking for. I'm recording this at like quarter to midnight. No, quarter to ten. I'm tired. Um, Empire State bastard. He plays in right. So he was being a beeline through the press area towards the stage, right? So I'm having this conversation with this photographer, lovely chap. I can't remember his name. I do apologize to the photographer in question. But uh, I see Mike walk across the press tent and I'm like, fuck, that's Mike from uh, Empire State Bastard, right? So like either I've just missed Simon from Biffy Clyro, who is the vocalist of said band, or he's going to be coming out that, like exit like very fucking soon and of course uh simon neal uh biffy clyro front man front man of, of empire state bastard starts to walk across the press area he had maybe mm, three or four people around him and uh like a couple of people like took photos with him but like his team around him whether that was like stage management or whatever were like we have to go right and there's nothing cool about this at all and like i probably lost all of my cool credibility i had if i had any uh, in the press tent but i fucking ran across that press area to get towards simon neil like a fucking maniac ran uh i ran uh and the the guys sort of like ushering him out of the area were like he'll he'll be back he'll come for photos and i just went i just started shouting like simon i just i just like i just shook i just took my hand out and i shook my hand and i just said thank you for the music mate i fucking love you and he's like, he, I think he says something like, I love you too, cheers, mate, and, and carry on walking. And, like, that was the first kind of moment that I was like, this is fucking mental, like, what the actual fuck is happening, right? And then uh, I went to go and watch a band. I can't remember what band I went to go and see, if I'm completely honest with you. Um, and I went to go and watch a band. I came back, and um, I had heard rumours earlier that day that Raul Reynolds from Enchikairi was just loitering about, Right. Now, it's come to pass that he came on stage with 100 reasons, and that was the reason why he was at the festival, right? But uh, I was like, yeah, bullshit. Like, Raul Reynolds is not fucking here for Enchikari. Like, why the fuck would he be here? I mean, he could be here, granted. Like, he's a, a genuine fucking uh, uh, front man of a fucking massive band who's headlined this festival. He might be here just chilling, but why would he be here, right? Because, again, Enchikari, for those who don't know, are my favourite band of all time, right? They are absolutely the, the fucking... The reason why I love the music I love is because of this man, right? So it was kind of like, okay, whatever, he's he's not going to be here. So I, I walked back through the press area and he was just sat there uh, on, a, on a bench with uh, with a couple of people. It was about, it was about four of them and him sat on this bench. And uh, I walked into the press tent and um, a few of the photographers I'd kind of made friends with were just like chilling and, and I just went over to them and I was like, I can't. And they're like, well, what's up? And I was like... Raul Reynolds from Enchikari is literally sat, oh, like, within touching distance, within feet of me. I can't, like, I, what the fuck? Like, I need, to, I, I want to go and say hello, but fuck, I can't, right? And basically, they were like, oh, who's he with? And I was like, I don't fucking know. Like, I have no fucking idea. And it turns out it was like, they were with, like, their social media manager or whoever. Anyway, people, these other photographers knew. So I was like, oh, fuck. Like, and they're like, oh, we'll go say hello. Like, it's fine. And I was like, I, I, I can't, I can't. But anyway, what I did do is I I plucked up all of the courage I had in my body, uh, and I and I remember distinctly thinking um, I let skin dread kind of slip through my fingers yesterday because I didn't go over and like say hello and stuff and and try and get a podcast or whatever. 
And I had no interest in getting a podcast with Raul Reynolds um, because, again, I, at this point in my kind of career, quote-unquote, am somewhat professional with these things, or at least I try to be as much as possible. And I've been in touch with the people who look after Shikari, and they've said to me that they don't want to do any more podcasts at the moment because they don't want things to become a samey. And I'm like, yep, fine, I totally get that. So um, I walk over, and I am fucking trembling. Like, I am trembling, like I'm shaking, like I do not want to fucking do this, right? But I know that I have to do this. So I go over there and I'm like, hi, sorry. Can I just, sorry to end? Like, I was just sort of addressing the table at large. And I was just like, I just took my hand out to, to Ra Reynolds and I was just like, thank you for 15 years of just fucking brilliantness. And he was like, oh, thanks, man. You're obviously like a fan or whatever. Like, and he, he got it like instantly. And I kind of just gushed to him for a bit. And it was probably about five minutes. I had a photo with him. I, I gave him a hug. Like, and I just said, thank you. And although that probably meant nothing to him like he may have like stroked you know an ego or, or may have made him feel good about like what he does in his career and he probably has this quite regularly i get that but to me to say what i did and i'm not gonna repeat on the podcast what i said to him but like what i said to him and like the way i spoke about him and, and the music and what it means to me um you know it it felt like a release and it felt like catharsis right in the best possible way and i i then walked out of the press tent and i went to go and watch uh bullet from valentine a band again who is a very early band to me getting into heavy music and um after seeing you know one of my absolute musical idols my musical heroes um and then watching one of the bands that got me into heavy music to begin with and kind of started this whole crazy journey I just had a good cry and i'm not even ashamed of it i had a good old fucking cry and i felt amazing like it felt like such a just a kind of this you know because again i've i've seen you know shikari play in like fucking tiny little sweat boxes all the way up to fucking arenas uh, and they fucking deserve it you know and they, they got the number one and it was so fucking deserved and i got to say you know to to Rao, they deserved it and then i'm watching bullet from valentine and it was just it was such a fucking amazing cathartic moment and it kind of like i said i said there's like two things um i've said privately to people that with this podcast is um there's going to become a point where you hit the quote-unquote glass ceiling right and you know it's kind of like i don't ever want to stop doing this podcast i don't ever want to stop talking to bands i don't ever want to stop doing what i'm doing because i fucking love it right but genuinely, if someone took this away from me and said I'm not allowed to do it anymore, I would be content because I sat down um, the very, very beginning of the podcast career, a very part of the journey. Uh, I sat down with Sage Francis, who is a, a musical genius, a musical icon to me personally. Um, and that was, you know, a, a really amazing moment. And then because of the podcast, obviously, I've, I've met my wife-to-be, Rebecca, and that is an absolutely incredible thing that's happened. And then I got to meet Ral Reynolds in the fucking press tent in 2003s and shake his hand and say thank you for everything that his music has brought me. So in a way, I've kind of not completed it, but, like, I, if, I, I still have that hunger and desire to do things. But, like, if someone said to me tomorrow that you can't do it anymore, I'm like, okay, I, I would accept that fate because I've done everything and more I've ever wanted to do with it. So that was that's kind of my my kind of my my thought process on that because yeah, and I'm still kind of processing it to be honest with you. But uh, it's a fucking incredible thing. Um, to bring it back around to the music, um, 
Bullet were fucking excellent. Bullet was so fucking good. Uh, I'd have only ever seen Bullet once before. I saw them um, a while back. I reckon it's probably 2014, 2015. Uh, and they, they were supported by While She Sleeps. And um, regrettably, Bullet weren't great that night. And I don't know if it was an off night or whether While She Sleeps were just really, really fucking good. But uh, Bullet have stepped it the fuck up. Actually, no, sorry. That is a lie. I told you a direct lie there. I actually saw them at Slam Dunk uh, when they headlined. Uh, Slam Dunk, I was 10 at Slam Dunk a few years ago. It was probably 2018. But again, I wasn't really that fussed. Like, whatever. They sounded fine. But basically, the overriding memory I have of Bullet from Valentine Live was uh, the fact they'd done this show in Ipswich with uh, While She Sleeps. And While She Sleeps kicked their ass, basically. But... 2000 trees they sounded fucking awesome the set list in particular was really really fucking cool as well they brought out um hearts burst into fire as well like really early on which is a song which um i really like like i don't listen to bullet for valentine um you know very regularly uh just in my everyday kind of listening habits nowadays but the set list was really really strong uh there's lots of stuff in there that kind of um it's kind of newer to me that's kind of like okay cool like whatever you know um the fact they, they've done a, a cover of um axe wound um the axe wound song cold with uh liam from cats that was really fucking cool i really really liked that um you know but uh it was just a really good set that they played 14 songs and put uh knives over it your portrayal pieces of me four words to choke upon screaming fire uh hearts burst into fire uh, the last fight, Shatter, all these things I hate revolve around me, Cold, uh, which is the Axe Wound song, uh, Don't Need You, Tears Don't Fall, and Waking the Demon. Like, as covers go, as kind of sets go, I think that's pretty bang on, to be honest. Um, I could probably do less of the Gravity era stuff, to be honest, but, you know, fine, whatever. But yeah, just really, really fucking good. Like, a really, really good... Um, really good set by a really really good band and it's kind of kind of made me fall kind of a little bit back in love with bullet and be like cool maybe maybe i should go and check out some more or go back to those early bullet records because they were really good they were really really good back in the day um and it's kind of reappraised my love for them and i might give them a a little bit of reappraisal over the next couple of days just to really get in that headspace um and then went to the press tent just to kind of decompress after the mental evening I'd had, and I ended up staying in the press tent till about 2.30 a.m., uh, chatting to Abby, Sarah, and Claire, um, three photographers who work for various different uh, companies and stuff, all wicked, wicked good photographers. But you know what? It was just the most amount of fun just talking so much fucking shite <laughs> with these three people while they were doing the editing. I wasn't even doing anything in the press tent. I was just there literally charging my phone and while they were on their laptops and iPads and whatever, just editing photos and stuff. We were just chatting so much fucking shit, and it was just really funny. It was a really good time. Um, And then I went to bed, basically, and I woke up super fucking early. I woke up at half past ten in the morning to go and check out uh, Hannah Rose Platt over on the uh, the Forest stage um, because she released an album uh, this year, which I fucking love. Um, it's basically an album full of um, ghost stories and things like that, uh, kind of murder ballads. It's just really, really good. It's really, really good. Uh, it's called Confession, uh, Deathbed Confessions, it's called. Um, and yeah, it was just really, really good. Like, the fact was, it was raining as well, which didn't help. Um, but there was there was not many people there. Um, but you know what? She still played, like, perfectly. 
Um, the band that she was with, she had a guitarist and a drummer. They sounded really tight. It was just really good. It was just really, really good. It was a really good experience. But uh, the rain, the missing of uh, my beautiful, wonderful uh, fiance Rebecca, missing of that fucking bastard cat, um, really kind of got to me. And you know what? I At this point in my life, as a 30-year-old man, uh, who's been to a few festivals in his time? Um, I I just I just don't want to deal with rain in a festival anymore. So um, there was a they only had one interview left uh, that day, and that was with um, Dream State. And I I need to send out a massive apology to Dream State for not basically doing the interview. And I'm so fucking sorry. I ducked out. I I took my tent down because I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to do the Dream State interview. I'm going to go and watch Dream State. And then I'm gonna go. And that was that was kind of my plan. If I didn't have the time off work, um, it turns out I did have the time off work. And then once I got to the tent, once I got the tent down, once I got the tent in the car, I was kind of like, oh, I could just, I could just go, I could just go, and I could be home for like five o'clock, and I could be with my with my wife to be, and I could just be at home, and I could have a nice like hot shower and just like you know my own bed tonight and i'm sorry to say that was kind of the tipping point so i got in my car and i left but one thing i want to stress so fucking badly is how good 2000 trees was and how if you are considering going to 2000 trees next year do it a hundred percent do it and it's very easy for me to say that as uh, a media press wanker and say oh it's a lot of, what a great festival but even without being a press wanker i would definitely go uh if i wasn't a press wanker if i don't get accepted for accreditation next year i mean i'm not going next year because i'm literally getting married the weekend of 2003s but uh, if i wasn't to get press accreditation i would just buy a ticket anyway because it's fucking excellent i think it's like fucking under 200 quid i think it is uh for for a ticket for four days and you know even if the lineup isn't like 100 percent to my taste for example in not next year year after and i don't get a press ticket like i would go yeah so at the moment 2003's weekend tickets for 2024 are 30 percent off for one week only uh so i'm not sure when this this will go out uh may, may have gone up but it's 137 pounds 50 that is a fucking bargain that is an absolute fucking bargain i do you know what i mean like you you could do so much worse than that you know and it's a hundred percent independent as well and you know I, I just love it i love everything about it it was such a fantastic fantastic experience and i cannot be more thankful to the people who run it the people who uh, allowed me to go so i want to reiterate to good as gold to hold tight to james scarlet and the 2000 trees crew just everybody it was just amazing it was just fucking amazing and you know what's really fucking nice as well is you know since the pandemic uh in 2020 and everything being cancelled and you know we thought that live music was in the gutter um you know the fact that festivals are doing so well uh, I've literally just logged into Facebook as I record this this, this podcast and uh, Sunday tickets for uh, Bloodstock Festival have just sold out. Um, Stone Dead Festival has sold out. Um, you know, Download was a sell out this year. Uh, 2000 Trees sold really well as I understand it. 
it's just really fucking good and music live music alternative music is in such a good place at the moment and i i could not be more ecstatic for the future of what this podcast can do and what kind of live alternative music is about nowadays i think it's just incredible and that is down to you guys uh, listening to, to music buying records going to shows supporting bands supporting podcasts like this um and it's just it's a wonderful fucking thing to be a part of so um i'll bring it back to that first question i asked was was 2003s any good yes it was fucking amazing and like i say if i was not getting married uh the same weekend as 2003s next year you bet your fucking bottom dollar press wanker or not i would fucking be there so I want to say a massive thank you to 2000 Trees for inviting me. Thank you to you guys for listening. Um, there is going to be uh, a lot of podcasts coming your way over the next week or so. Uh, every day, pretty much for the next like week, there's going to be a, a new podcast in your uh, podcast inbox from us. And they're all recordings from 2000 Trees. Um, so yeah, enjoy them. Thank you. If you want to support the show, uh, you can over at patreon.com forward slash Podcast. Alternatively, just tell a friend, share us on social media, give us a five-star rating for a podcasting platform. Until next time, I've been Matt, you've been you. This has been the 2000 Trees Review, and we will see you next time. Peace out, peace and love. <laughs>